Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Picardian. Jared from Brandon Wand Pickups. Hey, everybody, this is Todd Novak. Welcome to our show. We're massively happy that you are listening to the Guitar Knobs podcast. Wherever you are, we hope you have time to just kick it with us and uh, listen to some good guitar talk and uh, hope we intrigue you. Hope we learn something. Hope we. I hope I learned something today. That's right. Maybe we should change the name of the podcast to Guitar Talk. No, that's right. That's already taken. Is it? I'm pretty sure. That's right. It, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start one. Yeah. So uh, listen, uh, I'm just uh, let's let's uh, introduce our friend and then we'll tell people what we like to do on this show. Who's a, friend? Yeah. Friend, who are you? My name is Marco. I am from Tour Gear Designs. Tour Gear hey. Designs. And how? And is that a is that a hard like that's Vukovic, right? Yes, sir. Perfect. I nailed it. Look at that, Tony. I love Nicely it. Nicely done. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Tour Gear Designs. Ooh, are you intrigued? Is your uh, is your intrigue uh, peaked? Peaked? <laughs> I am. <laughs> um, we are oh really God. excited to have Marco on the phone tonight. We'll get into why in a little bit. If while you're waiting, if you want to go check out what he does to get a head start, Marco, where can people find your stuff? Our website is tourgeardesigns.com. You can also find us on all social medias with the exact same name. We're on mainly we focus on Instagram the most, but you can also find us on Facebook. We do have one video up on YouTube, which is awesome. But that's all we have right now. Okay. So Marco contacted us, and he's got a game changer, people. That's all I'm saying. That I, I, I've said that as many times as I could to as many people as will listen. Absolutely. I'm thrilled about this product. So oh, my. We're going we're gonna to dig into it deeply very soon. With a shovel. Yes. And uh, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to connect things. That's, yep. it's, that's about as bland as I can make that. With All mail, right. never yeah, mind. We're gonna we're gonna plug right in and just jack this whole thing up. Yep, <laughs> so stupid. Quarter uh, um, inch of it, guys. What do yes. we do on the show, Tony? Well, we like to talk about gear. We like to talk to the makers of gear, specifically gear that is in the boutique industry of That's music. Right. So that would be things like guitars and amps. And uh, oh, pedals! We do a few pedals, uh, oh, yeah. accessories, and occasionally uh, we do uh, these things called one hundred and ones, where we learn a little more about stuff we should have learned in kindergarten. That's my favorite. <laughs> my favorite. That's correct. Uh, yep. Tonight we've got somebody who's in the, I guess you could say, accessory uh, realm of things. Um, but I put it in accessories. Crucial. Yeah. Crucial. St- crucial accessory this is not a frivolous thing we live and die by this on the stage my friends so yep uh anyways let's get to some announcements really quick uh we want to thank road mics for providing the roadcaster pro 
and the Procaster mic, the Rodecaster Pro, of course, being our beautiful console that's recording all these amazing words that we're saying. The uh, mothership, if you yes, will. Yes, exactly. Yep. And um, if you are interested in creating your own podcast or just want to maybe you're a voiceover person or you you record you can record your own music on this thing you know if you wanted to it's fantastic so uh check out road mics and uh learn all about this this is a extremely well-made piece of machinery um and i'm very very thrilled that they have uh, been so kind to us so thank hey, you so, so if i wanted to start a podcast called guitar talk would this be a good piece of equipment to have it would and and uh it would it would and if you want to do that hey the more the merrier everybody uh we also have one other thing i want to do um call out here you know we have so many awesome patrons on patreon.com in fact we got a we got another grand poobah everybody someone stepped up someone said someone went from executive and said you know what i'm gonna go to the penthouse suite y'all yes so we're very excited about that um and so we'll just tony what's your name real quick I'm not saying because no, that's just my. Just say it. I set you up. I, I don't want to know. I don't want to know right now. Don't say it, Tony. Okay. All right. We'll wait till yeah. the very end. I'm going to listen to Jerry wait, because okay. scared Mark. He's always away. nice to me. <laughs> all right. So here, here's just something really quick. Um, now I will give you a hint. What Marco does, and by this time, a lot of people already maybe already know, but what Marco does is help with um, how these pedals play together. These pedals being Richard Kendall who's one of our executive producers, uh, he did. He sent us his four on the floor. And I'm telling you, like, this guy should write reviews for, like, movies and wine and stuff like that. It's fantastic. Absolutely. So, number one, uh, we're going we're gonna to go a little deep on this real quick. I think we, got, we can take a little bit of time. It, it's going to be good, I promise. All right. Number one, the MXR M173 Classic 108 Fuzz. The MXR Classic 108 Fuzz is basically the guts of a BC 108 Fuzz face housed in a more pedal-friendly enclosure with the added benefit of a buffer switch. With the buffer disengaged, this is a great late 60s, early 70s silicone fuzz face. Roll the volume down on your guitar and the sparkly cleans are gorgeous. Roll the volume back up and it roars like any fuzz face should. Engage the buffer and the fuzz brightens up beautifully. I leave the buffer on about half the time, depending on the guitar I'm using. The buffer also compels your wah pedal to be on its best behavior when placed before the fuzz effect in the effects chain. Savvy. That's, that's some pretty good writing right there, everybody. You uh, just like the word savvy. I do. Savvy. Um, and then the Boss SD2 Dual yeah. Overdrive. This pedal was released in 1993, which was also the year I purchased mine. For whatever reason, Boss discontinued this little golden gem in 1998. The SD2 features independent circuits to produce two totally different overdrive effects. It was the impetus for the JHS Boss Angry Driver. The SD2 is one of the first pedals which I purchased as a young player. I own a few different Boss overdrives, and to me, on... All of the boss, out of all of the boss overdrives, this particular overdrive sounds the best. I'm pretty sure session great Tom 
Bukovac is a fan as if is a fan of the SD2. That's got to mean something. No. <laughs> All right. I like how he winds everyone up. Everyone has like this this thing at the end. All right. The super super trim 2 stereo tremolo auto panner. To me, overdrive and tremolo are the, like the meat and potatoes of any good pedal board, making the tremolo the comfort food in my Sonic stew. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if anybody needs a rider out there, you should call, you should call our, our friend up here. Um, my deep modulating interest in tremolo was initially ignited after being, I might hire this guy to be honest. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> yeah, um, it's actually really good. Yes, I, I use writers all day long. It's fantastic. Uh, my deep modulating interest in tremolo was initially ignited after being taken by the swampy sounds of Bob <laughs> Dylan's Oh Mercy record in the late 80s. Quick, go listen now, he says. <laughs> there are a lot of great trem pedals out there. Some of the, some of the harmonic trem circuits are particularly satisfying. But the, but the, uh, the Super Trem 2 is the only trem I know that splits the signal into stereo, Jared, with two yeah. completely separate circuits. Swirly. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And last, this one I had to, I, you'll have to forgive me, uh, Richard, but it was, you know, I, I we do have a show to do, so I, gotta, I had to pare this one down a little bit. Uh, so this is the Electro Harmonics Deluxe Memory Man 550TT. Mm. The pedal is much noisier than any other analog delay but I'm pretty sure it's due to the filtering. It seems to be less dark than some of the other analog delays I've since sampled, which I appreciate. And though the delay time maxes out at about a half a second, the 550TT more than makes up for, an addition for, it, for it in additional features. Tap tempo, send and receive jacks, which allow you to sidechain other pedals into the repeats, an octave pedal uh, adds some craziness to the repeats. Those are in parentheses. An expression pedal jack so that you can control subdivisions. Subdivisions. Uh, feedback, volume, repeats, and modulation. Speaking of modulation, wow, the modulation. Not sure why my digital delays haven't been able to completely recreate this thing yet. I mean, that's pretty fantastic. Well done. I like it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very well done. All right. So uh, if anybody needs a good writer, call up uh, Richard Kendall. And <laughs> and uh, seriously, yeah, for real, that's great. Uh, all right. Thank you so much, Richard Kendall, for supporting our show and for submitting your four on the floor. It's pretty, pretty tasty stuff. Most excellent. All right, everybody. Let's get into what's going on in our music world this week. We're going to start off with Tony and then find out what Marco's up to. Tony, go ahead. All right. Well, let's see. This week, actually, the last couple of weeks, I've been spending a lot more time in my hometown of Youngstown, Ohio. And uh, we're working on um, my mom's house and doing some painting and cleaning and all that fun stuff. And uh, I've been spending a lot of time with my good friend, Pat Murray, who owns a company called Coop Guitars. And I've been every once in a while hanging out at his shop, taking a look at what he's doing in terms of guitars he's putting together and different things like that. So, yeah, it's kind of fun um, seeing how, I mean, I, you know, he's got CNC equipment and things like that that, you know, I, I certainly don't have access to. And uh, it's always fun to see how other people are doing things. So, 
I've just been spending a lot of time over at Coop and uh, yeah, checking out some of the stuff that he's building. So right on, very cool, uh, Marco. What's going on in your music world, man? Uh, aside from all the business stuff, I'm actually working on an album that I wrote with a friend of mine, maybe like. 15 years ago and now we're actually starting to record it because for the last few years we didn't have the chance we tried to form a band but couldn't find the right musicians so now it's just gonna be all studio guys wow cool very cool and this Crazy. is uh is this bluegrass of course what, <laughs> <laughs> what else is there yeah <laughs> that's what the title that's what the album title should be called bluegrass what else is there <laughs> I like it. Baroque music. Yeah. Uh, no, share, share what kind of music it is. Um, it's like, um, well, I'm very into progressive music, like from rock and metal, but we kind of wanted to make it more, uh, more melodic. But we're using like a lot of uh, classical and also a lot of uh, melodies back from my home country. So it's it's I like, got like a lot of uh, uh, southern European sounds to it which is pretty cool for me to do because i've always wanted to do that mm-hmm. and but your home very, country your home country just for everybody is uh i'm originally from serbia okay established if everyone knows where that is yeah if everyone knows where that is that's actually pretty cool because most people think that i'm from side from siberia which is in <laughs> russia <laughs> it's well it's definitely warmer in serbia jared yeah. was going it's cold there <laughs> uh no i wasn't <laughs> actually uh i was talking with some friends last week and i think one day i think a week ago it was 91 percent humidity in, like in my hometown wow yeah so it's pretty warm there yeah Oof. uh you know for everyone who is like uh thinking about where now you showed me where you're from you showed me a picture of the island that you're from right yeah i mean people that is spectacular. So there, I'm just sharing that with you. <laughs> do, do what you will with that. Um, it looks really incredible. For a vacation, it probably is. Oh, yeah. So anyway, It's actually very cheap, So and the food is really good. So I say it's a good time Ima, to let go like, if you can. Yeah. So you're bringing <laughs> some of those tunes back from your country, it sounds like. That's what you were getting to? Yeah, it was... Um, like, originally, we were... Because I'm actually um, trained in classical music, and uh, my songwriting partner, she's actually very much into uh, like '80s uh, synth pop, synth, bleh, synth pop. <laughs> it's a hard thing to pronounce sometimes. <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, so she's really into that, and uh, we were writing was very melodic. And then we, I was showing her old bands like back from the old Yugoslavian bands, and she was really into it. So then we started writing with kind of similar melodies here and there. So the music has a lot of melodic stuff. It's also got a lot of guitar harmonies because I'm really a big fan of Boston and uh, early in flames, which they really use that a lot. Mm -hmm. So we put that in as well. So right now we're just in the recording process. And uh, for some reason, I really want to record everything with a Telecaster. I just think it sounds really good. You know, you were talking before we started about your earlier band and it, how it was like you were really into like death metal, right? And I just thought of a great <laughs> musical project that you could do where you're mashing up that that uh, 
like the the sort of synthy sounds with that. You could call it Elopeth. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, my first band was actually called uh, Lick, which is Kill Backwards, because I was watching the uh, like The Shining. I was like, hey, this would be a great name. So I, I've had some really weird names. I play in a band called Muffin. <laughs> oh man. Well, you can take El Opeth and run with that if we. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, I should. All right, uh, Jared, what's going on in your music world, my friend? Oh, exciting stuff. So, uh, a long time ago, a good friend of mine, I was in a band with. I uh, had a uh, an SG Epiphone, like a a custom. So I had the three gold, I had the gold hardware and the three pickups, and yep. it had a stop. It had a stop tail. Didn't have the Bigsby. It's when I first started doing pickups, and he's like, "Hey, can you change out these pickups?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah." And he brings me the guitar, and all this the spacing was different. It was all fifty millimeter, fifty millimeter, and then fifty three millimeter at the bridge. Um, and the different spacing is t- so that the screws are directly under the strings, in case people are are wanting to know what I'm talking about. Mm. And and so when I got it, I was none of my parts fit any of these parts. Um, because he wanted the, the original covers back because when you have a gold hardware, uh, and we've talked about this numerous times that when you play it and play it, play it and the acidity of your, your hand, uh, sweat or hand, whatever, um, it just takes the gold right off eventually. So he wanted, he wanted the gold on the So the other day he's like, Hey, I want to sell this guitar. And I'm like, Oh, I'll buy it. Cause I, I redid the pickups in it. When I first started doing pickups, I think it was about 2006, 2007. So I got the guitar for a screaming deal. Awesome. And, and I got to look at my, my work when I first started doing this and it was, it was like a time capsule. It was awesome. Mm. What so color that is was, the guitar? It's white. Ooh, cool. Yeah, so mm. I I have the guitar, but I really only wanted it just because of the you know to get the pickups. <laughs> Jeez. So and I did, and that's that. Well, that's fun. I ended up using the original Epiphone parts, um, except for the magnets and the windings. Man, so it's yeah, so it's still pretty much original, but pickups sound better is all. Nice. Yeah, mighty cool. cool. Yep. And my band's awesome. So anyway, that, <laughs> <laughs> that was. <laughs> so have you been good. practicing with your band? Yep. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> you got a minute. <laughs> uh, so th- my for my week. How about you, Todd? Uh, yep. Hey, Tony. Thanks. Um, well, I got to uh, finally have a little bit of practice time uh, with my drummer, uh, my my singer, and my. A bass player out of town uh. and what was what was really interesting is when it was just me and the drummer it's the rhythm is it's it's a little bit starker so it, well it's a lot starker because you don't have a bass player so without the bass player kind of like filling in the rhythm it made us really pay attention to uh how things were syncing up, like what, what actually was going on with the drums and the guitar, which is usually it's mostly people say, Oh, just pair the drums and the bass up. But it was really cool because there were these elements and Marco, you mentioned synth pop uh, earlier, Mm -hmm. 
one of my favorites from that era was Missing Persons. And okay. uh, sp- specifically, Terry Bozio's drumming, you know, he, I mean, he's, he's, you know, in the drum pantheon. Uh, yeah. And, but the, not because he did these amazing, outrageous things like he's doing later on in his life or anything, but in these simple uh, synth rock pop songs, he was able to really create special moments within a song. So we found ourselves like, I said, you know what? Can you do something like, give me a little like Terry Bazio kind of thing right here. Well, I'm not playing that kind of music at all, but what was cool is that it gave it a little bit of edge that I don't typically hear in this kind of, uh, in this kind of music. And so that was really, it was kind of neat, like just like really being able to focus in on the drums, just me and him, we, from my riffs and, and this, the song that I uh, made up, uh, I got to, to like really focus on the, the actual drum sounds and like the, the types of um, uh, patterns that he was doing. And it was, it was just, it was just really cool. Cause I don't normally, I, well, I kind of get the chance to do that, but not really without being super disruptive to everybody else's experience. So nice. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I would, I would actually recommend, like, if you're if you're writing or you're playing music, and and you get a little bit maybe stuck, or you're feeling like things aren't like you're looking for that extra special thing, like send the bass player and the vocalist home and just like vibe with the drummer, see what happens. That sounds like a wonderful week. Yeah. Here's another thing. One, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. All right, four on the floor with Marco from Tour Gear Designs. What are your four pedals you must have? What I must have, uh, my first one would be the uh, Sandzamp uh, YYZ. That's the uh, Getty Lee signature. I moved to Canada like in my teens, and and because I'm a bass player as well, I just got into Rush, and I really loved the uh, Getty sound, and this one really can also... This one can replicate your sound really well, but you can also add more to it and you can play around with it. So it's kind of like you are using his gear, but you get to do your own thing, which I find really cool about it. And also like recorded with Sans Zen before, like I've done free albums with it and I've always loved what they do. Awesome. Yeah, you can't go wrong with the Sans Amp stuff. I mean, uh, you know, no. I've, for years and years, I used uh, an acoustic Sans Amp acoustic DI. A bass player used the uh, bass DI, and they're just really well made, good sounding products. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have four of them, and I use them to hold down the corners of my nautical charts <laughs> on my large tapes. <laughs> uh, stupid! I'm sorry, everybody. Yes. <laughs> Yes, right. quite. <laughs> what do you have for number two? Number two uh, would be the Old Blood Noise Haunt. Ooh, yeah. There, uh, this will be the this be the first version because you have a version two out now. But I think when I first saw their videos on YouTube, like I was like, "Ooh, these guys are are doing something cool." Like I like the visual aspect. I like how about how they advertise themselves. And then when I got the pedal. I, I borrowed it from a friend of mine uh, when I was living in Czech Republic, and I was like, "Dude, I gotta get one of these." And he and he just said, "It well, if you want it, I work for like a distributor, just to, uh, just like a, 
uh, just like take this because I went for version two. So I got that and I love older stuff, but this is the first one from Old Blood that I ever had. So kind of like it was the first, uh, like they just started well, becoming popular. And then I was like, I, I saw that and I saw their um, Black Fountain video, which I thought was really cool. But the Han just, it's like really a, on bass and guitar, like it sounds gnarly. So I just I love what it uh, does. It has a really good sound. Now, what kind of bass are you playing, by the way? Uh, I have a Kramer Focus 7000. I'm not sure. Uh, they were mostly made, uh, they were first made in the States. Mm-hmm. Then later on, they got, uh, production was moved to Japan, I believe. But I have uh, this one, which, which was made uh, back in the States before they moved production in overseas. And it's got really cool pickups. Um, it's got... Uh, some gnarly switches which i can't really explain but it just sounds really uh, cool i did some small mods like i changed the uh, bone nut to a graphite and i changed the um, the frets on it as well just because i thought they were like i thought that they were too high for me so i i made them um, i kind of filed them down a little bit just because i hit really hard so like if the if the frets are too high up and the way how i play like it buzzes really badly so i i had to really file it down if it almost sounds fretless but it's not wow mm. cool interesting mighty cool all right what do you have for number three number three would be the electro harmonics uh, big muff pie the like russian version with nice. the, the giant and black box uh, but this one i selected because of the way how it sounds on the guitar like on the bass it still sounds good but but when i when I play this with my guitar and I play with the uh, uh, with the uh, Dimebag signature wall, like the sound on it is just amazing. And like I really like it, and the, the sustain you get out of it is great. And uh, like even though like it's you know it's only got three knobs, but I'm kind of much more of a simple person. So what it does, I really just like what it does, and especially when you crank it through like an uh, any type of uh, uh orange amp uh the sound is brutal and it's also good for like rock pop metal like you can it's uh you can put it to any genre really which i really like as well so it's so like it it can jump around no matter what type of music you play right right now there are thousands of fuzz pedals in the world what what made you go for this one um i first saw this when i when i was hanging around, around my um uh, Italian friend, and uh, he actually had one of these, and uh, but he was he was mainly playing like electronic music, and that was the only like uh, fuzz pedal that he was using. I was like, and I was like, why yeah that one? And then he showed me how it actually works, because because uh, I played a few fuzzes before, but then I was like really intrigued, I'm like why is this uh, guy who doesn't play rock music, but this is the only fuzz one he uses? And I was trying it out. I was like, I'm like okay, I can see it's a very it's a very diverse pedal as well because like I said it can fit to any specific genre and there's something about it like it's not too it's not too much in your face like it's also clear at the same time so because when I try some bus pedals on the bass I don't like it because it just sounds too muddy and you might as well get the DOD meat box because it just sounds big but this one it's it's like it's still it still has an edge to it, but it's clean at the same time. So I, I like how it sounds. So it's not too dirty, but it's not too clean at the same time. It's, it's like a nice mix. Cool. 
Cool. That's that's solid thinking, man. How about number four? Uh, this is actually the first pedal that I ever bought. It's uh, the Boss uh, Metal Zone. <laughs> All right. We've, I, <laughs> that go. might be the first Metal Zone that we've got. I think so. I love the one. Like, I was... Like, I'm really big into uh, the Swedish death metal, and everybody talks about uh, the Boss uh, uh, HM2. But what a lot of people don't know is that uh, the most popular one, uh, At the Gate Slaughter of the Soul, that was actually used, that pedal was used as a boost for like the uh, for like the Metal Zone. And that album sounds killer. So, and when I first started uh, playing guitar, and I was more, it was more because of uh, At the Gates and uh, In Flames. And when I found out that they were using the Metal Zone more for their, for the sound, I got it, and it's just one that I've always kept. Like I like how um, how you can dial in a lot of good tones. The one thing about this one is a lot of people don't actually, I find, don't know how to use it that well. So it kind of gets a bad rep from a lot of people. But and most people that I know, they like love it. They actually prefer it more over the um, uh, HM2 pedal. Interesting. Hmm. All right, that's a, that's that's a pretty solid like non-jokey uh thing that you did there most of the time it's usually a jokey thing with the with the uh with that pedal <laughs> yeah uh you know like it, like i said because most even retailers that i know like they were uh, they say the same thing that a lot of people don't know how to use that pedal because you gotta play around but when you actually do figure out how it works it can give you some really good sounds and yeah um it is a butt of a lot of a lot of jokes not as bad as the uh, as the boss uh, death metal one, but this one is actually a really solid one, and I'm actually surprised that it gets such a not as much credit as it should for yeah. a, a guitar pedal. Yeah, and I don't. Pretty know. much all of the boss stuff is really good. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, the boss the boss stuff is. I mean, there's a reason they're boss and why they're still around and why they're massive and you know. Yeah. Uh, Good, good stuff. Cool, man. Well, that's uh, four very interesting pedals for, uh, I guess, from a bass perspective, mostly, right? Very good. Very good. Mostly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, before we get into the finding out all the stuff about uh, our special guest tonight, I want to just give a, a shout out to John Finnell, uh, J-O-N-F-I-N-T-E-L, uh, re recording engineer, producer, etc. Extraordinaire. Um, and I say extraordinaire because he knows how to dial in guitar tone so well. He is located in, in Columbus, but he travels all over the place. So if you've got a studio or you got a favorite place that you like to record, um, he's definitely up to, uh, to help you out. And I think just actually reaching out and just saying, hey, we're trying to dial in our stuff. You know, do you have any, can I get a can I get a little a little hint or a little tip a Roni? Uh, John was uh, on a previous episode where he helped us understand as a guitar player what to prepare for and how to go about your business in a recording studio so that you show up well prepared. Uh, that was a, a really awesome episode. That was very good. Yeah. And I'm told that John is an all-around nice guy. Is that true? He is. He's a super all-around nice guy. <laughs> that is for sure. Um, and uh, if you want to uh, find out, like, like 
Well, what do you mean? He dials in guitar tone. You can go check out my band, The Villantinos, on Spotify and everything. And I gush at, like, when I'm listening to it, I still, the arm hair raises up because I'm just like, I can't believe he got that tone uh, on the, on this record. So, well, rumor and, has it he re recorded all the guitar parts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is all true. <laughs> Dang it, Tony, you're giving my secrets away. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's J O N F I N T E L dot com. Uh, and he uh, runs out of relayrecording.com. So, and that nice. happens to be where our uh, podcast studio is, kind of ish <laughs> currently, that we're not there. We're all remote because we're all stuck in this big mess here. So, um, you know, that's where. That's where we'll be going back to uh, with if if all if everything pans out. Anyways, all right, we are talking to Marco Vukovic, uh, who is the owner proprietor uh, of Tour Gear Designs. Marco sent me he, he sent me an email. email and he says, "Hey, I make this thing. I want you to try it out." We get a lot of stuff that's like, "Hey, I'd like you to try this thing." And uh, I don't. I I want to be mindful of the things that I that, that essentially that we say. Hey, check this thing out because we want it to be good. We don't want to attach ourselves or just shill things that are you know garbage just because we're you know making a, a couple of dollars or getting some you know gear or something like that. So it was really important to me that uh, when we tell you about things that we find that are new or that we, you know, stand behind that it's good. So he sent me his, th- this, uh, this little box of goodies. And I mean, within about two seconds of opening it up and looking at it, I immediately wrote him and I said, you have a, a an absolute advocate, man. So Marco, you make patch cables. Now I know what everybody's thinking Patch cables, how sexy can patch cables be? <laughs> um, I think these are pretty sexy. They they actually are. So we're gonna Marco's gonna tell us all about those right now. But I just want I want to encourage everybody to go to Tour Gear Designs, uh, find that on the internet anywhere you can, and get a visual of what we're talking about right now. Because uh, I'm telling you, these are really outstanding uh, pieces of equipment here. So. Marco, when when did you start this up? Um, I actually started this up. Well, I originally made a design about uh, eleven years ago. I was on tour, and uh, the guitar player in the band that I was playing with, uh, he kept, he had a pedal board, but uh, his uh, his pedals were kind of um, too wide. So like uh, so like one was kind of hanging off one side, and he was saying that he wished that like that there was a patch cable which was like a little thinner. And because I studied uh, graphic and um, graphic and uh, uh, engineering in just for fun, and I went to uh, school for more graphic design stuff, I was like, eh, I'll try to design something. And we actually made it like a little prototype like 11 years ago, and it, and it actually worked. And he was saying that we should do a, a production run of this. However, this is back in what, like it would be like in the mid 2000s, and we we're both like, how do we even run a company so i had a little bit of experience it's because i started like a few small things but i was like this is a lot to take in for just like uh two musicians so i was like uh 
so, uh, somebody else is going to uh, think of the same thing. And I was kind of like, I'll, I'll focus on like whatever else I was doing. And then a few years later, I see a few companies did start doing them. And I was like, okay, cool. Oh, awesome. But uh, some had the cables were actually really thin. And I was like, okay. So I took one on tour and it ripped. And I was like, this is not good. So I was like, I, at this point, I ran three different businesses on my own. And I was like, you know what? I think I'll show this to my my friend again. I'm like, hey, do you remember this? Do you want to try, you know, just let's see if we can uh, actually make it happen. So um, we went back to the original design and I made some small changes that I thought of. And the main thing was to make um, to make a, a really uh, thick um to make the cable it was like really a thick mold around so like when it's uh, uh bent or uh bent or uh, twisted it like uh, won't actually damage the wiring side and then while i was doing this i thought why do i make one that's a little offset so then this way you you don't have to twist the cables and that's why we have like the s shape which i didn't see anybody else do mm -hmm. and that one when a lot, a lot of people saw that uh, they were like why didn't i do this before so it was just it was just because i hated twisting cables yeah, that's really where I came up with the idea, and so, so my uh, friends and I, we started. We actually incorporated the business uh, last June in Canada, and the cables are actually designed by a company in uh, Serbia. So, it was kind of like a little bit of thing of uh, okay, it's going to be Canadian based, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it made in my home country just because we try to find the uh, manufacturing Canada but for some reason it was very difficult and we tried in the states but some guys uh, I don't know why we just couldn't find anybody who wanted to do it so I was like you know let me try back home see if I can find somebody because Serbia has a lot of uh, has like a really huge supply of copper I'm like let's go there and I found a few companies we went over back and forth try to find a good one and I would both me and my friend were like really picky because we were, were like, okay, we don't want to start on the first one. We want to find the right person. And uh, we started from there. And so far, the response has been pretty positive. Like even on our Google reviews, uh, like everybody's leaving us five stars, same uh, same thing with our website. So I'm like, hey, th th this is pretty cool. So now people are asking us for longer versions and for uh, TSR versions. So... I'm actually amazed um, at the response because I thought it'd be like a lot uh, slower because we launched like in April, but the response has been pretty cool and the and the and the people have been really supportive. So I like that. So now I'm going back to other designs that I did years ago and see what else I can uh, put uh, put out maybe in the next few months. Just for anybody that hasn't been able to take a look at this yet, if you're driving along or something. Uh, the cable itself uh, is is very very flat, which I think you know your first encounter marker. You mentioned uh, you you saw one and it didn't fare well. So Tony and I were skeptical. Uh, also, if you think about all of the uh, the typical like a pancake uh, connector or something like that, this is smaller than a dime uh, around. And, mm -hmm. and it's extremely uh, short. So mm -hmm. I, that's why I completely freaked out when I got these because 
Yeah, I said, you solved like five problems that I was having, and I'll get into that in a little bit with these cables. So they're rubberized, extremely well-made, and super low profile. So I just wanted to give mm-hmm. everybody a visual. So are, are all the components uh, made in Serbia, or is it like a standard cable that you, know, that you were able to use? Or how... how you know, I'm just, I was just kind of curious because I haven't seen flat cable like this and the ends that you're using, of course, are, are, are something that are really different than seen before too. Yeah. Uh, so there, like, there's like a lot of copper. So like we actually do sell like a lot of uh, wires, like, um, so what uh, we do, it was uh, pretty much like the inside is like a basic cable, but what we did was this actually idea from uh, the manufacturer in Serbia, he suggested to actually put like, um, um, so after it's uh, soldered or the, to the actual plug, uh, there's actually like uh, a molded foam inside, which actually gives a, an extra layer of uh, noise cancellation and then it's molded. So so it's actually two molds that's, oh, okay. that you see on the uh, cable. All right, that so, makes sense because I when I because I kind of peeled back on one of the cables, the the outer rubberized uh, part, you know, the round part that's on the on the back of the uh, of the uh, of the plug portion. Jack, and I mm-hmm. uh, thank you, <laughs> Jack. <laughs> you don't know Jack, <laughs> uh-huh. but I but I, I thought it was really cool because uh, yeah, I did see that extra layer of uh, of insulation on the inside and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all the soldering and everything, and it went to it. So basically, so the 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 cable was soldered to the end, and then that's put in some sort of mold, and that's how you get the, uh, uh, I guess, the strain relief and and seal on it. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like so, like it acts. So like it acts as two things. Uh, like it's actually like it's actually to help with the shape and to keep it solid, but it's also used to uh, help uh, re- reduce any additional noise. Because hmm. I did try out some other. There are uh, flat patch cables, and what they are is just mold. And for those, I did hear a little bit of sound, so I was like, and then I brought up to a guy who was uh, who was the main engineer for the company in Serbia, and he was saying, "In yeah, just like let's put like an extra layer of, of uh, mold over there." I'm like, "Okay, let's do it." And it and it was a big difference. And this is why we decided to go with these guys because uh, in Serbia, there's a lot of um, a lot of people actually graduate with uh, engineering de- uh, de- degrees there. So I was like, okay, these guys have really good ideas. They're, they're not musicians. They are just saying, why don't you just do this? Because it makes sense uh, uh, like from like a sound perspective. And I was like, okay, these guys can actually uh, you know, uh, give us some more ideas. And they actually are uh, thinking, they're actually uh, showing that they can uh, give suggestions to us because we are pretty new. Like we can go from a musician's point of view, what we want to see, but they are more technical and they're very open to like helping out. So I was very happy with that. Nice. <laughs> I will continue to rave about these. I didn't think awesome. I was going to get that excited about a patch cable. I really didn't because, you know, I, we've talked about some of these things before, but pedal boards can get kind of complex. And one of the hardest things is if you, if you have a cable that goes south, it is just an absolute utter nightmare and mm-hmm. most of the reasons that the cables go south is because they're being twisted too much being stretched yeah. too far or um you also run into issues where you know like on a pancake jack it's like well if you're trying to cram a bunch of pedals on on a board and then that metal's touching or it's constantly rubbing it builds up you know 
static and all kinds of other nasty business. So to see one that was like rubberized on both ends um, was, I was, you know, now granted, I understand that there are sealed, you know, plastic plugs and stuff like that, but not mm-hmm. like this, not this low profile. When you get this, you hold it in your hand like this is a super well-made product. You can tell just holding it in your hand. Jared, when I when I showed it to Jared, like he said, he said this is a really nice piece of equipment right here. Yeah, he yes, didn't. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so nice. like, so nice. uh, the one reason why they're like really that small is because I actually wanted to see if they can be the same size as the washers on pedals. Because like sometimes when you have like, let's say like you have like a uh stereo pedal that's like uh that's actually you know you have like um i forgot the name like i'm really bad with names at the same time but it like if you have like a uh stereo delay pedal uh the like in and outputs are really close to each other so like if you try to use like a, a pancake plug it won't work because they're like uh because they're too wide and they're and since they are low profile p pe- uh people do get them but if you try for something like that, you try to save space, those won't work. So this is why we try to make them as small as possible. And the actual idea was to be the same size as the uh, like washer, just just uh, just because then they should fit because that's the limit that they can go. Yeah. And yeah. if you notice it, uh, like where it uh, turns, and it's because it's actually a circle, there's like a little uh, there's like a little uh, ripple there. That's actually just for like better uh, grip. That's why we uh, put it there. It's not like you can just grab it and tear it out. Like you, you, you have to work to get it out a little bit, which is, I think, helpful and important when you're traveling around with a board and stuff. Um, yeah, of course. One of the other th- big things that Tony and I were initially talking about is because we were looking at the sizings of these things, and it's like <laughs> you have a three-inch plug. All right, instantly. Hopefully, you guys are thinking, wait a minute. So I could go from a top mount jack to a top mount jack. Yes. How (laughs) wonderful is that? (laughs) Yeah. So another part about the top mount jack pedals is some of them, uh, I certainly have a couple on my board and that I've played with that to your point, you were talking about before the, you know, have the footprint of what the actual jack is between the, the, nine volt connector and the in and out yeah those things can get placed really really close so good luck mm-hmm. getting two pancake jacks and a and a adapter in there that's exactly yep. what i ran into the other day which until is, i until i ran i got this i i got i took the sample you gave me and i, I that's already on my board yeah so yeah for nice. sure i think one of the big elements there too is that like you said you have a s cable so that's one cable is going. Uh, one jack is pointed up, and one jack is pointed down. If you hold it in a, uh, hold it straight, which mm-hmm. is yeah, w- that is extremely helpful if you have a top mount jack to a side mount side. jack. Yep, genius. So you don't have to twist the cables, which leads to breaking. Mm-hmm. Yes, which, like we were trying to think of uh, uh, what are all the things that could go wrong, and let's see how much we can fix. Yeah, that was the whole, whole point of the of the S shape, but it was also I also thought of that when I first made the original design like eleven years ago, like for my uh, friend. I was like, it, it, uh, okay, well, if it's a circle, then it just would uh, be like easier to like it, uh, rotate it because like because like some are some are actually uh, a rectangle shape, and uh, 
it's a little, little difficult or to, to mix and match it, but like a circle, I just always see that it works better. Like even like in uh, geometry and in, and in design, like when you design something, you usually uh, try to um, draw circles to see like, how things match up. So that's the idea be behind that, like yeah. why it's a circle de design and not actually a rectangle. Right. Well, and, and those two reasons are one of the driving decisions to take something that is like, you know, like a, a cut your own kind of length of cable, which those things are also like really great too. I'm not, I'm not knocking those at all. Um, yeah, no. But one of the great things about those is that you have an extremely small uh, jack to deal with, which is is mm -hmm. great because you can get more pedals on and it's easier to, to navigate around with within the wiring. Uh, yeah. You also have some longer cables, which is great too, because guess what you have to do if you're, if you're following a chain on a, on an actual, on a pedal board that has uh, side mounted jacks built into it, you have to, you have to do an S like a zigzag, right? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> exactly. you have to make your way over to the other side of the board once you, you know, hit the far left. So, uh, you know, um, and it sounds like you may be even making some longer cables. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like we've, we've actually been asked for like longer versions. So right now we are looking at, uh, which ones would make the most sense. Uh, our biggest debate now is to like, uh, is, um, to make a 24 or a 23 inch and the wow and the reason why we and and the reason why we're actually on these two numbers is because uh one guy is like a fan of uh kobe bryant and i'm and like i'm a michael jordan fan so like we're actually going back and forth <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing that we're going back and like we just can't decide between those two and we're like ah, it's like an inch difference not so like we're actually going back and we'll see like who uh wins interesting interesting so if you're a Michael Jordan fan, I'm gonna guess that you do like the shoes. I actually like own own a few stocks in Nike, so I'm gonna say yes. Oh, wow, <laughs> Jared okay. the sneaker fiend. Yeah, I nice. I can't I can't get enough. So. <laughs> uh, well, these now these are available right now. Correct? Yes. Okay, and you can go and and by the way, people, these are not by any stretch of the imagination, outrageously priced. These are very, very affordable. Again, that kind of mm -hmm. goes into like what we're thinking. Like when, when we get approached with stuff, that's a consideration. It's like, we want to make sure that we're putting, that we're sharing something that we would go buy. And I mean, I these already are outstanding did. things. Yeah. So, so I, you can, uh, are you only selling off out of uh, tourgeardesigns.com? Uh, we have that. We have a page up on uh, reverb.com. Right now, we are we are actually trying to find a U.S. distributor because we are getting a lot of orders in the U.S., uh, but a lot of guys are asking us to uh, come back to them later because we're still pretty small, so they want to see how we do uh, pretty, much like on, pr pretty much on our own, and then and then they'll see about taking us on. We have also looked at just uh, selling through um, to sell on the uh, Amazon platform. But uh -huh. the only thing about that is now that would work for the US. The, my only thing is I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So like what I do is uh, all the cables, they're actually not pre-packed. Uh, pre, uh, pre for every single order that we get, 
what we do on either I or another person in that uh, works uh, with us will actually sit down, use uh, use uh, the, any one of the three different uh, cable testers that, that we have and actually test each cable to make sure that it's working well. And then and then it goes into packaging. But before that, we actually sign it along, along with the date. So to give it more of a personal feel. And for that reason, we're kind of iffy on if we will sell on uh, Amazon because it'll be much harder to fulfill those orders if like the guys in the in the fulfillment center just like grab them from the shelf and just uh, put them away right right so we kind of still want to have the personal touch so if we do find this video they would need to continue the 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 same thing that, that we're doing here because we don't want that to go off track yeah like that's a little thing that i stole from uh starbucks uh just because they signed people's, people's names in the alicander uh, cups and i was like okay well why do we sign our names like when uh when they get their cables so they know that a natural person actually looked at them and test them because sometimes you get cables and there's you know it's just there but you come home and they're like not working you're like okay did anybody actually test him or like they or like they just uh, grab them and just put them in the packaging right. when it's actually signed it gives it shows a little bit more care so that's what i that's what we want to do and so we need to find the right people to work with uh as we're gonna hopefully grow that's fantastic well everybody make sure you check number one that you check these things out online and number two just just get one i i, I swear if you get one i i would be hard pressed to believe that you wouldn't basically just just go for it and do your board out i i ordered a large amount the other day i got on the website and i actually ordered a bunch and i cannot wait to get them nice oh yeah i think uh i think uh, dan was one who was putting your order together oh awesome nice i can't wait those those are a really great product and i'm i'm gonna tell everybody that i talked to about about this kind of stuff, especially the listeners right now. Yeah, for sure. Need nice. to get them. All right. Marco, thank you so much for number one, being a, a really nice dude. And number two, making an awesome product. Just when you think you can't find a better something, uh, something better comes along. And uh, we, re- I'm really thrilled about this. So thank you for making that. Awesome. Uh, gentlemen, we're going to... Uh, Move on over to Jared's side of the of the fence here. Jared, what do you got ladies, for us? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time now for Would You Rather. Nice. Oh. Thank you. Nice little extended version. Uh, <laughs> this Would You Rather is from our listener, Daniel Brokenborough from Australia. Mate, right? So, uh, you're in a four piece band. You got two guitars, drums, and a bass player. And that's pretty standard. While loading in, some drunk idiot tips over the bass player's ampeg, and it's an eight by 10 fridge. I mean, it's a giant mammoth amp, right? Oof. And it, it crushes the, f- the, uh, fretting hand of your bass player. <laughs> so your bass player is out, right? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. You can't cancel the gig because the bass player doesn't have health insurance. Yeah. So all the gig, <laughs> so all the gig money will right. be spent spent on treating the injured hand. 
The opening band has a synth with some cool bass sounds, and the bass player insists that he could do the gig on that synth with his good hand. So here's the would you rather part. Do you let the bass player do some probably awkward synth bass? <laughs> or does one of the guitarists switch to a bass, thus eliminating all the sweet dual guitar interplay of your songs? Oh. Ooh. That's a really good one. That's a good one. That's mm. a, I mean, it was kind of mm. crazy getting there, but awesome <laughs> would you rather, man. <laughs> Indeed. Thank you so much for submitting that. Yep. All right, Tony. We're gonna hit. We're gonna go. <laughs> gonna go. Tony, uh, Jared, and uh, Marco, and then myself. All right, go for it, Tony. Wow. Well, that, I mean, there are some guitar players that uh, can actually play bass or pick out various things, but I've never heard a. I mean, a true guitar player be able to play a bass like a bass player. And then when I think of the whole disgusting synth bass sound, although, I mean, we think about like the doors and things like that. I mean, Ray Manzarek played all the bass lines. I don't know. You don't like the doors, do you? Nobody cares if you don't like the doors. They're awesome. <laughs> 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 you got him. You got him. You're poking the bear, aren't you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you didn't even, you didn't even wait for me to respond. <laughs> I knew that crackly voice sound. I knew what that meant. That was the paragraph of eight. Oh my gosh. Fat dead guy in a bathtub, yep. <laughs> oh, uh, that was worth the price of admission. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I guess the lesser of two evils would be to have one of the guitar players play bass. And plus, you can always kick the bass player to the curb. <laughs> yes. Split the money three ways instead of four. That's, That's what true. I say. There you go. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jared, what are you doing? That's yeah, this is kind of tough cuz it I mean, if you were going to be more specific, you would say the bass player has never played uh synth before or the bass player is not a keyboard player or, you know, something like that. But if you don't know and for sure, then yeah, I don't I don't think I would trust him on the keyboard and I would just I would just say, hey, you got to go, you know, <laughs> and uh, I played in a band where I'm the only guitar player. So there's ways to get around that. Yeah. Marco. This is a question because I, because I am a bass player and I've, there was actually a time when this happened to my guitar player in one of my bands. <laughs> oh, no, um, no. Yeah. And um. It's interesting because now you can think, uh, well, one, and are you guys on tour or just, just a show? Because if it's just a show, uh, I would pretty much do what uh, I would pretty much do what uh, Tony said. But if you're, um, but otherwise, depending on the type of music if you play, probably a synth bass would sound like really bad. <laughs> and uh, and if you have actual dueling guitar, are they actually 
very simple are the easy lines because then the bass player can help out with that but if they're like dragon force style uh no way yeah yeah that makes sense. so it would depend on the band as well like you need like how hard are the parts but i would definitely not do a synth bass that's just no no well, for, for the sake of argument we'll say they're a it's a doors cover band Oh no! You cannot do that. That is not a thing. That is not a thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. There's a doors cover band. Then we can get away with uh, with the like a uh, one arm bass player playing in you know, a keyboards. Anyways, what are you doing, Todd? Okay, I'm. So this is what I'm going to do. I am going to say no to the synth bass. And what I would do is take one of the guitar players and basically just kind of kind of. Um, go for the uh, bass and lower mids on the guitar. So kind of helping out on that, mm. on that end so that uh, like you know, a baritone guitar. No, just kind of, just kind of boosting the, the, you know, the, the bass and lower mid EQ. Um, and uh, now see that kind of surprises. So Todd, see what I suspected you would do is have the second guitar player go buy a $300 octave pedal so he could play <laughs> guitar an octave lower. You can borrow my music. Actually, I was just thinking that. Uh, no, I think I would just I would just go for the, the because sometimes just hearing the fuller sound is what you you're often hearing, especially in a smaller venue. It's like you're not necessarily hearing articulated bass. You're just hearing just you know a a fuller sound. Um, not all the time, but some, certainly sometimes I've been in that situation where, and that's where, I, I mean, if you think about, uh, where a lot of guitar players who are starting out get into trouble is that, you know, we talk about this all the time when you play at home, especially if you've got like a fuzz pedal or something, uh, your, your sound, it's, it sounds killer because you have so much low end and it's filling out the whole spectrum. But when you get on stage and you're going to get lost because all that cool stuff, you're like, oh man, I can feel it and it feels heavy. Well, that's out the window because you got a bass player who's stealing on your all your tone to begin with. So you could really compensate and just say, hey, other guitar player, why don't you round out the bottom end of things, you know, tweedle your little uh, EQ a bit and and uh, and there, away you go. There, I fixed it. <laughs> all right well that was a pretty good one anytime where we have two absolute negatives it's always great <laughs> yes indeed there you go all right uh marco we're gonna go through uh we got to say a thanks to a couple of people here and then we're gonna uh wrap up and uh help people find you in on the in the world okay so uh tony baloney why don't you uh why don't you give us some thanks special thanks Oh, yes. This point of the show, we like to thank a special group of people. I can't wait. We call them our executive producers. And what they do is they help bring this show, help make it possible so that all of our fans can listen and enjoy and relish in the guitar knobs. Keep going. Now, now how the executive you might be asking, how can I become an executive producer? Because I love this show, and I want to help support it. I want you to go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs, and you'll find a couple of different levels in which you can participate. Each level has its own special 
gift swag bag, if you will. And that's including things like barefoot buttons and and keychains and 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 picks and stickers and all kinds of things. T-shirts. Oh, Yay. did I say giveaways? Yeah, giveaways too. Pedals. And well, you never know. There's all kinds of giveaways. But one thing that happens when you become an executive producer, in addition to all that great, 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 great stuff, is what happens, Jared? You get to have your name read on the thing. Your name read on the thing. That's right. Trademark Jared Brandon. Thank you. Don't, don't even think about using it. That's right. So I'm going to thank some people right now. Special thanks to Richard Kendall. Steve Keyes, James Pennington, Leah Martin, Matt Hart, James White, Brett Alexander, Justin Jones, Doug Gann, Tim Nowak, John Estelay, Chris Heidel, Brad Partridge, Tyler Bray, John Anglin, Anthony Lanthrop, Johnny Knowles, Stefan Lamb, Michael Senchuk, Brian Robison, Ken Sayers, Michael Van Zant. Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, Chris Carney, John Daly, Martin Cliff, and Tom Barazin. Woohoo! All right. But wait, 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 Todd. Okay. Wait. All right. Wait. All right. Wait a wait a cotton picking moment there. Uh, we no. want to. Th- okay. We want to thank a special group, even slightly special, more special than our executive producers. These are our fez-wearing brethren. We call them our grand pubas. And they're just a, just a notch above, if you will. And uh, they are required when they listen to the podcast to wear their fezes, which are provided as a special gift. And we have a new one this week. Holy moly. Let's walk, welcome aboard and a tip of the fez to our good friend adam johnson all adam! right welcome my friend welcome yeah. on board now you he, are he, he was an ahead. executive producer oh he he is he's climbed the ladder slightly yep. he's up to the next level very good well thank you for being an executive producer initially and now a grand pooba and my friend you are in very good company because we also have christopher marshall mark garton tommy manasco Sean S. Cody Foster, Cody Lane, David Kaminga, Corey Nigro, and Jonathan Jerusik. Yes. Thank you, guys. Fantastic. And, and, and we need to say another, just a real huge shout out to, to uh, Cody Lane because uh, he was kind enough to provide us uh, a, some awesome patches that we sent out to all of our patrons. And uh, ho- they've Hopefully they all got them. They should be getting them if they haven't already. But uh, um, yeah, that was that was a really great gesture, and we really truly appreciate it. All right, Marco from Tour Gear Designs, thank you so much for being on our show. It was a pleasure having you and your awesome product. Oh, out of thank you. It was great to, to be here as well. It was my first ever podcast, so I'm pretty sure I messed up badly. So it's great to get it out of the way. <laughs> Not at all. It was you did it. You did a great job. But this is going to be a great one. I think people are going to really enjoy it. Um, now, where can people find your patch cables? So we sell mainly from our website of uh, tourgeardesigns.com. 
even on Instagram, you can um, just click on one of our photos, like it, and then you can actually uh, take you directly to our shop because all our products are linked to the pictures. Even on Facebook, we have a shop over there as well. So we try to be uh, everywhere. We try to be in your face as much as possible without getting too annoying. Awesome. Now, people, if you do and when you do, hopefully, go check, go get one of these. Let them know that you like it, all right? Send them a little note and say, hey, this is an outstanding product and I like it or or whatever. Or, hey, if you got a complaint, let them know too so it can help make it better, okay? Of course, yeah. Uh, we always want to hear feedback from uh, people. Killer. Fantastic. All right, uh, Tony Baloney, where can people find you? You can find my wares at pickguardian.com. Take a peek in there. There's uh, some things you can order straight off the off the website, but there's a lot more stuff that I do. That's and and my specialty is custom stuff. Yep. So if you just just shoot me an email, let me know what you need. I will put pricing together for you before we do anything. We'll just make it right and make it perfect for you. If you want to check out some of the uh, the projects that we talk about from time to time. Go to my Instagram account at uh, Pick Guardian and the number one. That's right. Awesome. Loads of awesome uh, materials, too. Very cool things that you can put on your guitar to make it look very personalized and fantastic. All shapes and all sizes. That's correct. Jared, how about you, buddy? Yes. If you you guys want some pickups, some really good stuff, you need some rewounds done, uh, let me know what you have in mind. I can pretty much do it. Like right now, I'm working on a a guy sent me some tattoo coil parts and I'm making him some bass pickups out of that. Wow. So just whatever you got, let me know and we'll put something together for you. Just like Tony, we'll get you a price and fix your rat up. Nice. Jared at brandonwompickups.com. All right. You can uh, shoot me a note, Todd at the guitar knobs.com or uh, DM me on Instagram and uh, we will get you uh, all sorted out. Um, it would be great to hear what you're up to. If you got a would you rather, that'd be cool. Send that to us. And uh, yeah, just generally uh, say hi and stuff. We're going to thank, thank Marco for joining us. All right, everybody. Have a great guitar week and subscribe. Yeah. How's that? Is that better? Oh, my gosh. It's so much better. Wow, you sound like not not like Superman lady you sound, anymore. Yeah. Are you sure I don't sound the same? <laughs> I sound the same, you liars. <laughs> hey, uh, give me like five minutes, would you? What? You might end up having to... My gosh. Hey, you're the lady from Superman. Yeah. Oh, you mean the the robot lady? The robot lady. No, not that one. (laughs) (laughs) The other one. one. (laughs) There's only one robot lady. She's like, Oh, you mean Oh oh, you mean the What's happening to me? I'm Let's just get this thing going. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, 
and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.